No one sews a piece of unshrunken cloth to an old cloak, and likewise, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Good morning, Christian America. Jesus is letting his followers and the people that would go against him know that once you find Jesus, once he enters your heart, you become something new. You become something important. You become something that you were not previously. And once you become this Christian, once he enters enters your heart and into your spirit, into your mind, into the every fiber of your being. You can't go back to what you were. Things just won't fit. They just won't work. Let's talk about what Jesus means today as we continue our journey through the gospel of Mark chapter two. Get ready to get into the word this morning. Good morning, Christian America. And good morning, Christian America. Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort. We are in the midst of a revitalization of the Christian faith all across this nation. And it's with podcasts like this. It's with groups and organizations of Christians that are built on the glory of God, that are built, dedicated uh, to the glory of God, to spreading his message around this nation, spreading this message within our own households, within our own families, within our own communities. It's podcasts like this. It's uh, communities like this. It's organizations like this. We're not the only ones. Of course not. There's many of us out there that are all working, shaping, developing, plan to revitalize this uh, uh, this faith of ours that we are so dedicated to, that we that means so much to us. And so everyone is trying in their own way to, to bring about a stronger Christian faith across this nation. This is just our way. This is the Christian American community. This podcast, the Good Morning Christian America podcast, is just one way that we try to we try to get that message out. We want to make it uh, as honestly as easy as possible for you to gain confidence in yourself, so that we can gain confidence in our faith, that we can take it out to the world, that we can share it out in public. And you can do that a variety of ways. You can get, you can do that by sharing this content, sharing this video, sharing the Word of God, doing uh, content and videos on your own. We always encourage any way. You don't always have to listen to us. You can, you know, we are not in competition with other Christian organizations or Christian Christian institutions as long as they're professing true scripture as long as they're professing the love of christ as long as they're professing the commandments that he holds us to that we are a part of into this community into this body that we are supposed to be a part of the the, the body of christ the church the 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 bride to the bridegroom if as as long as those organizations are promoting that then we support that we're not in competition we are in 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 total agree agreement with, with other organizations that are dedicated to that and so that is what we're trying to do here in the Christian American Revitalization Effort. That is what we're trying to do with ChristianAmericanTees.com. Uh, you can go to ChristianAmericanTees.com and pick yourself up some Christian American apparel once again so that you can spread God's message, that you can gain confidence. It's not just, and if you are confident, it's not just about your confidence. It's about providing and inspiring and, and 
introducing new confidence into other people, to other uh, others around our, around our communities, others around our organizations that maybe uh, they, they, just, they just don't want to be so outspoken or they're still kind of apprehensive. 2020, 20, going into 2021 now in America, being a Christian sometimes is not easy. And a lot of people don't have that confidence to step out. They don't have that confidence to which to step out of something like I got on right now that says, I'm a Jesus freak. I am one of those people that, that believes in Christ and will not be silent and will not back down from my faith. A lot of people don't want to they don't want to step out like that. We have to encourage them to do so. And we can encourage them to do so by doing so ourselves. And so that's just one more way that the Christian American community is out there trying to revitalize this faith. Let it be open. Let it be known. Let the world know that you are a believer in Christ, that you stand your ground in the full armor of God. You will not be silent. You will not shrink into the corner. You will not put your faith inside of a, a inside of a building and stay there. You're not going to keep your faith inside the the house, inside the church, and not venture out into the world because God says to go out into the world and make believers of all nations. That's what he commands us. He didn't ask us. He didn't ask us to do that. He didn't ask for our opinion. He told the disciples, make believers, make believers of all nations. And so that's our calling. And so if you're a Christian American, if you call yourself a follower of Christ, we encourage you. We encourage you to go spread the message. You can do that on social media. You can do it out in the world. You can stand on the corner and preach, you know, the gospel uh, old style. That, that's exactly what the, the guys in the New Testament did. They stood on the corner square. They professed the love of Christ. They professed the Son of God made flesh. They professed that they believed and they followed him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And they and at the end of all of those passages, it says that thousands were added to their numbers. Many were added to their numbers that day. Hundreds were added to their numbers. Each time they spoke boldly in the public square, they added to their numbers. And so we encourage you guys to, to speak boldly so that we can add to our numbers. Not because it's about me or not because it's about any leadership, not because it's about one particular organization. No, sir. It is because it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. And when we see people who are sick, when we recognize that our nation is sick, that our communities are sick, that our uh, neighborhoods are sick, that our families are sick, that our friends are sick, that we need to bring them to the healer. We have to bring them to the only healer that can heal our nation. And that's Jesus Christ. So it's in that light that we come to you today to talk about uh, Mark chapter two. We're gonna start on verse 18 tonight, so today. So uh, get your Bibles out. Uh, if you follow this podcast on the Monday podcast, you would know that we continue to to trek down uh, the gospel of Mark. Uh, we, we finished the gospel of Matthew a few months back, and now we're in the gospel of Mark. And what we do here on this podcast, for those of you who haven't followed uh, this podcast, this Monday podcast, is we take a portion of scripture and we start at the beginning of, of a gospel and we diligently and methodically and systematically work our way through. We, I'm going to share this text with you. That way you can see it for yourself. I'm going to read it to you. That way you can hear it and, and you can digest it. It's going to be just a small portion because we don't want to take anything out of context. We don't want to manipulate the scripture to fit in a, a certain agenda. We don't want to make you feel good if if by giving you the by by not giving you the truth. Some of these passages do make us feel good. Other passages 
make us kind of apprehensive because we know we fall short of the glory of God. But whether we feel great or we feel good or we feel kind of anxious and worried about our own salvation at the end of this scripture, we'll find out. But hopefully at the end of it, we come away a little bit more enlightened, a little bit more inspired, a little bit more informed and a little bit more educated and something that's real because we have wisdom on our side. We have God on our side. We have scripture on our side. And if God is with us, then who can be against us, right? Again, this is scripture. So we would ask um, that you turn to your Bibles today uh, to the book of Mark chapter two. We're gonna start on verse 18. And verse 18 starts and it says, the disciples of John and of the Pharisees were accustomed to fast. People came to him and objected. Why do the disciples of John and the disciples of the Pharisees fast? but your disciples do not fast. And Jesus answered them, can the wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them. And then they will fast on that day. No one sews a piece of unshrunken cloth on an old cloak. And if he does, its fullness pulls away and the, the new from the old, and the tear gets worse. Likewise, no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the skins will be ruined. Rather, new wine is poured into new wineskins. Now, what do we have here today? What do we have here today is this is the very next portion if you followed us last week, if you listened to last week's podcast, Jesus is sitting with sinners and tax collectors. And he's called Levi, also known as Matthew, to be a follower of his. And he does. And he's sitting at the table. He's, he's breaking bread with sinners and tax collectors. We talked in depth last week about what that means and how it's not only Jesus reaching out to those who are sinners and forgiving them. It's also calling them sick in the need of a physician. And he is that physician rebuking where they, where they go wrong in order that he may heal them. So again, this is at the position where he's at and you have these, these detractors that are lurking around his teaching. And it says that they try to challenge him on the, the rule and the ritual, the cultural ritual, the dietary ritual of fasting and he says look you know they, they, they say look you know the disciples of John who who led the way for you John being John the Baptist John being the one who baptized Jesus John being the voice in the desert shouting so that uh, make straight the paths of the Lord because he is to come right and so John's people they fasted the Pharisees who are the leadership of our of our faith they fast jesus what are you doing why don't you fast and he they can't they can't conceptualize what jesus is even there for they don't even know they don't know what jesus is there for and jesus tells them and and this and this is where this is where one of these passages where we separate ourselves as Christians. Uh, we, we separate ourselves as the, to the idea of who is Jesus? 
who is the Christ, the one they call the Christ? Who is this Jesus of Nazareth that other people talk about, the son of a carpenter from, from the backwater uh, uh, lands of Galilee, from a small town in Nazareth, who's born to Mary and Joseph, who don't really have much money, and they aren't anybody special, but yet this guy thinks that he can lead his followers, and he has the authority to speak on things in which nobody has granted him authority that we know of, right? That's the attitude that the Pharisees take, and that's the same attitude that a lot of people here on earth take. Why should I listen to you? Who are you to tell me what to do? Where is your degree? Where is your certification? If How come... If if you're not making as much money as I do, if you're not ed as educated as I am, if you don't have a degree like I do, what makes you think that you can tell me anything about anything? How many times do we run across people like that, that take that attitude towards us? What can you do with them? What can you do with people like that? The only thing you can do is do exactly what Jesus does, which is tell them the truth. You don't have to berate them. You don't have to curse them out. You don't have to be mean to them. You don't have to unfriend them. You don't have to uh, engage in an argument with them. You don't have to raise your voice. You don't have to yell at them. You don't, you don't have to do any of that. You just have to tell them what truth is. You just have to be able to point to scripture to where, where real wisdom is and say, this is what I believe. This is the truth. This is the authority. Who's the authority? Jesus is the authority. Why is he the authority? Because God gives him the authority when he says that all authority on earth and his heaven has been given to me. That's what's happening. And so again, this is what Jesus tells them is that when, I, when I'm gone, they'll fast. But I've broken the mold. I've broken the idea of what you think God is. I've broken the idea of what you think that being faithful should be. I've broken the idea that you can follow all these rules. You can follow 613 commandments, you know, but Jesus has some bigger rules. The intention behind those commandments is important. And Jesus says that if you love God with all your heart, mind, your soul, and your strength, if you love one another as you love yourself, if you follow the commandments, then you would do all the other commands. You would you would follow the whole 613 commandments. But if you don't, if you miss the greatest commandment, then you're going to miss the whole thing. You don't worry about fasting when you have the Son of Man in your presence. You can't fast when the bridegroom is still here. Okay, when the when the when the wedding is taking place, when the reception is taking place. You can't just fast. You're supposed to participate. That's what Jesus tells. That, that's how Jesus relates what he's doing and the greatness of, of, of him even being present is about. And then he goes further and he says, once you've been involved in my life, once you've come to me, you are changed forever. You are something completely new. You, just like Abram became Abraham, just like Saul became Paul, just like Simon became Peter, over and over and over, when you encounter Christ, when you're in his presence, 
you are changed. And once you're changed, you can't go back. He, he equates it to an old cloak and to a new patch. If you have an old patch, if you have an old, if you have an old, a new cloak and you try to patch it up with a new patch, once you wash it, the patch is going the new patch is going to shrink because that's what cloth does. Especially in his time, it shrinks. And so you think you, you got a hole in your old cloak. You throw a new, a new fresh patch on there and you sew it up. So now you don't have any holes. But then when you wash it and it shrinks, it tightens back up. It's going to yank and it's going to pull again. It's going to be useless. Now you've torn and then you're going to tear, tear the cloak again. And then you're going to tear the new patch. He equates it again to wine. Back in those days, wine used to be carried in a sack of, of skins. You have these wine skins that hold wine and then they can store it that way. But then once the wine is poured out of the wine skins, what happens to material that has been wet and now you allow to dry, especially in something like a hide? Well, what typically happens is it cracks and it gets brittle. So that if you tried to pour liquid back in there, like say two days later or three days later, if you tried to pour some wine back into it, it's going to be so brittle, it's going to be so broken, it's going to be so deteriorated, it's going to burst and you're going to have wine all over the floor. Jesus is saying, once you come to me, you are no longer what you once were. You are changed completely. You can't go back to where you were. You have no excuse not to go forward in the name of Christ. You have no excuse not to listen to me. You have no excuse to turn your back on God. You have no excuse because I'm here. You've experienced me. You've heard me speak. You've watched me walk the walk and talk the talk. And you're going to continue. Essentially what he's saying is you're going to continue to see me do wonderful and miraculous things that you're going to be forever changed. And it would be silly to go backwards and try to pour new wine into old wineskins. You are the wineskin. You are the new wineskin. Now you have Christ within you. You can't go backwards. You can't go and pretend you don't see what you see. Why do you think there are so many people when they find Jesus, when they, when, they, when they start to study scripture, that they have no choice but to scream it from the mountaintops. That they read scripture nightly, they, remember, they, they memorize it, they remember the parables, they remember the works of Christ. When his ascension takes place, Peter can't stop professing. They hide for a little bit and they're filled with the Holy Spirit and the Spirit sets everything off. It sets the world ablaze with Peter, and Paul, and James, and all the apostles that are doing works on behalf of God because they encountered Christ. And once you encounter him, you, you are forever changed. You need to be forever changed. There are no more excuses for the Christian American community. There are no more excuses for followers of Christ to be silent at this day and age, to be quiet when the world is at our throats. 
when the world would have us be quiet, when the world would have us in our corner. Even that's not good enough. They're literally trying to stop worship services. They're trying to shut down the churches. Are you still gonna be quiet? Are you still trying to go back to the way things used to be? Not if you call yourself a believer in Christ. Not if you call yourself an evangelist for Christ. Not, not if you call yourself a Christian American. You can no longer go back into the old wineskin. You are something new. You are something great. God has made you just that way. He made you to have a life of purpose and meaning. And that takes in a lot of different shapes and a lot of different forms for a lot of different people. But it's true. You are something new. If you are a believer, you are something new. And if you're something new, why would you ever want to go back to being something old? We've been gifted. We have been blessed with the word of God. We've been blessed by the word made flesh. We have been blessed by an unequivocal idea of what truth is, what true life is, what is the way to live. Jesus provides all of that. He provides all of it. If you know it, you need to act on it. You need to speak on it. You need to share it to your friends. You need to share it to your family. You need to shout it to the mountaintops. That's how we gain confidence in ourselves here in today's society. And so with that, ladies and gentlemen, man, I hope you had a Merry Christmas. I hope you had a blessed time with family and friends. I hope you celebrated the coming of the word made flesh. I hope that you celebrated the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that everything was wonderful wherever you are and whatever you did and wherever you've gone and whoever participated. I, I sincerely pray, we sincerely pray here at the Christian American community, the Christian American revitalization effort. We pray that nothing but glad tidings come your way, that blessings come your way. Whatever that means to you, again, um, takes a lot of shape and a lot of forms for a lot of people. If you're suffering right now, we encourage you to persevere through those sufferings. If you're, And we pray for you to get on the other side of those sufferings, on the other side of those obstacles. If things are great for you, uh, if things are going well for you, then we, we, we are glad for you. We are uh, glad you are being so blessed. We just ask that you pass on some of those blessings to people who are less fortunate than yourself. That way, we, again, that we can build this community. We don't ask for donations here. We will never ask for donations here. We don't seek donations. We seek participation from you, the Christian American community. We seek participation from you individually, from you as a part of the, uh, of the believers in Christ. That is how we grow this community. That is how we grow in our faith. That is how we grow strong in our beliefs. That is how we change and bring our nation back to its knees, facing our Lord, asking for forgiveness, seeking repentance, 
and then in turn receiving the grace and the mercy that only he can provide. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we hope that you have a blessed week this week. New Year's is coming. 2021 is right around the corner. Uh, we, we are praying that it's a better year than 2020 has been and that you find a deeper, stronger faith in your life, in your walk, in your journey with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so with that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, next time you see me, I believe you will. it will be 2021. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you then on the back side uh, of 2020. You guys stay on fire for Christ. Stay blessed. Good morning, Christian America.